No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Let's go. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, tonight's recommended drink is cheap box wine. Tonight's recommended snack, bland brand no-name crackers. This is the official wine and crackers broadcast right here on d Thank you for the Diamond Winning TV. I've, I've, got that, I've got that strange occurrence happening once again, believe it or not. Always on a fucking Friday, isn't it? Where I have to refresh the activity feed to see the donation. Let's get that crack pipe fired up. Absolutely. We are celebrating Hunter Biden, one of the great champions of democracy, one of the great champions of freedom tonight. Get those crack pipes out and hold them high for democracy, for freedom, for the republic. Oh, say can you see... By the crack pipe light. Thank you for joining us. Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the diamond. I get, I've, I've got to realize, I hate it when it just doesn't show up when I want it to. Thank you for the diamond. Can I get some extra cheese on my crackers? Yes, I saw that picture. <laughs> well done. Well done, the employees of McDonald's. Uh, the Minister of Fun ordering, I assume, it looks like a cheeseburger. Uh, it's hard to tell though when it's not up on the menu, isn't it? It's really, it's really hard to tell once it arrives in the box what what you actually ordered, <laughs> whether it turned up or not. It just looks like squashed shit. But uh, the Minister of Fun ordering some extra cheese, and instead of getting the extra cheese on the burger, they just put the slice in the box underneath the burger. <laughs> <laughs> well done, thank you, McDonald's. Thank you so much. Ah, uh, it is Friday night as always. We've got so much to get through. And so little time. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you'd like to complain about the cheese in your box, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, following up from Wednesday night show, which was a lot of people got in touch and said how much they enjoyed it. They really liked Wednesday night. We're going to have to follow on that theme just a little bit tonight. Just a little bit tonight. But on Friday where it was a little... Oh, on Wednesday, pardon me. Where it was, it was a little more whimsical. It was a little more fun. We did have a laugh, didn't we? We enjoyed, We had some good times, didn't we? Didn't we have some fun? Uh, I'd like to have a little bit of fun tonight, but unfortunately, I'm a little hungover, so I may get cranky. <laughs> had too much to drink last night. Like an idiot. Silly, silly, silly boogie. Mmm. Of course, uh, I'm going to take a look at the Joe Biden town hall the other day. <clears throat> a couple of stories surrounding the thing which must not be spoken about. Of course, I'm referring to the New York Post article, uh, which is apparently disinformation now. I'm going to show you how the corporate media started to circle around. They circle the wagons. They love getting ahead of the curve. So 24 hours of suppressing the story 
was followed by people coming out and saying, well, you know, we had to suppress it because it's Russian misinformation. (laughs) Without evidence. They just speak it into existence. They speak it into reality for our amusement here on this program. So thank you so much for joining us. But before we get to any of that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want to, you know, because we're, we're, we're a keen follower of the sciences here on this program. We're not science deniers. We love the scientists. We trust the scientists. We throw ourselves at the feet of the scientists and beg for their eternal wisdom. Please, Mr. Scientist, unzip your fly so you can cure me of my ignorance. I will take it all, mine puppy. So we love the scientists here on the show, and we especially like when people say you must trust the scientists, which is why I'm bringing you this story first of all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Friday night edition of The Daily Boogie. Men with deep voices more likely to cheat new research shows. Oh. I don't think there's any truth to this. What the hell are they talking about? That's, that is that is literally the cheapest gag that I've ever done. <laughs> the, the findings suggest masculine men are more likely to cheat than feminine men. This is science now. Am I the only one that sees this as like a plainly obvious scenario here? (laughs) Does anyone else think that it's far less likely for feminine men to cheat because they have far less sex? (laughs) Come on now. Come on. What, what do you think? The ladies are just going to start racing out looking for men that talk like fucking chipmunks? What the hell are you thinking? <laughs> Masculine men are more likely to cheat. Yes, they're also more likely to have regular sex. What the hell is your point? <laughs> men with deeper voices are less committed in relationships and more likely to cheat According to new research, Andrew Jackson's taint in the chat, so dating Brian Stelter is extra safe. (laughs) You know you're the only one for me, honey. Yes, I know, Brian. She's got a deeper voice than he does, so I imagine Brian's girlfriend is more likely to cheat than Brian himself. Participants with the average age of 20 had the pitch of their voices measured and were asked questions about their attitudes to monogamy and commitment. Researchers said our findings demonstrated that masculine men are more likely to engage in infidelity and commit less to their romantic relationships compared with feminine men. What a fucking surprise. Gee, gee. It's it's like I don't want to I don't want to deal in stereotypes here. But it's almost as if the feminine men It's almost as if the feminine men are more likely to simp, isn't it? What a strange occurrence. Who would have thought that that would be the case? Who would have thought that the feminine men are more likely to commit to take whatever's offered up to them? to put up with whatever they are given. (laughs) This is ridiculous. They wrote, quote, quote, 
Testosterone and the characteristics dependent on testosterone can be reliable indicators of quality-dependent conditions or behaviours. Therefore, men with higher testosterone levels and hence lower voices may have more infidelity behaviours or less commitment to their romantic relationships. Furthermore, from the point of view of evolutionary psychology, men with masculine voices may enhance their status among other men or their attractiveness to women, thereby increasing their chances of obtaining more or higher quality partners. Oh dear. Science is so sexist. Who knew? Men with deeper voices are more likely to attract higher quality women. <laughs> I mean, that explains all of the, you know, the pink short hair, the obesity, the hairy armpits, the short-sightedness, the screaming, the toothlessness, the poor personal hygiene, the outwardly vocal political views. I think that explains everything. And the men, women, <laughs> demonstrator, activist women, and the men who love them. That's what this, that's what this study should have been called. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Men with deep voices, more likely to cheat. I don't know what the fuck they're talking about, really, to be honest with you. This does not make any sense to me whatsoever. Thank you for joining us on the Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. All right. <laughs> like I said, the, the cheapest thing that I've ever done on this show. And we've done a lot of cheap stuff. Uh, so much to get through. Have a look at the, I found this fascinating. This was from the New York Times. And as you know, I do subscribe to the New York Times. Uh, it's not because I necessarily agree with everything they say. It's particularly because I don't agree with most of what they say, which is why I need it delivered to my inbox every single fucking day. I need to get the hot news, the hot goss right off the presses. I want it in my inbox the minute I open my eyes. But this article I found particularly interesting. Biden, <coughs> pardon me, Biden is not out of the woods. What? Are you saying that the election isn't already over? <laughs> this is, of course, written from the perspective that, of course, Joe Biden is going to win. Of course, Joe Biden is the overwhelming favorite in the presidential election. But he's not out of the woods yet. It's not a done deal. It's not sealed up. Unanticipated electoral developments are affecting both presidential campaigns in surprising ways. This is from The New York Times. With 20 days to go, most signals favour Joe Biden, but the chain of events that delivered an electoral college victory to Donald Trump in 2016 still hovers in the rearview mirror. Recent headlines reflect the widespread view that Biden is poised to prevail, ladies and gentlemen. Washington Post, quote, As Trump stumbles, voters familiarise their choices, ah, uh, finalise their choices, pardon me, and Biden's lead grows. <laughs> The New York Times, yes, the New York Times is referencing its own headlines in its own article as evidence that everybody is talking about how Joe Biden is going to win. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? Imagine if I ran a newspaper called, you know, uh, the Boogie Bumper Herald, and I, I put an opinion piece out in the Boogie Bumper Herald that says, you know, we have so many references of newspapers talking about Joe Biden winning this election. And then I proceed to cite my own newspaper. I mean, look at all of these. Look at all of these articles here. One after another. 
conveniently all located on the same fucking website. <laughs> they really do think you're stupid. And uh, look, we're going to get to the Hunter Biden situation. We're going to get to the New York Post thing. But if you had any qualms, any equivocations whatsoever, the last 48 hours should make it abundantly clear the disrespect that the corporate media has for you, the consumer. Like, there is no denying it now. You, you cannot tell yourself now that uh, maybe you're just reading it wrong. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe you're not getting enough of the good info. Maybe you're not reading the good journalists, whatever, blah, 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 blah. The orchestrated campaign over the last 48 hours to not only suppress a particular story about a particular candidate, but redirect everybody's gaze away from it and then attempt to say that it's like a debunked misinformation campaign is so overt, you have to be a fucking corpse not to see it. I'm sorry. You have to be a corpse or somebody who is attuned to doublethink already, who has been programmed to doublethink. Those are the only two options you have. But look at this. This article goes into, into polling here, and it, it, I find it fascinating because on Wednesday we dealt with like the arrogance and the entitlement of people. People who cannot fathom why anybody would still support Trump, whether you like him or loathe him. There are two issues. Number one is they refuse to acknowledge why people would like him even though they don't. So they're doing themselves a disservice. Uh, somebody with a diamond. It's, lo it's loading up. It's not right there. Uh, Minister of Fun, Kimmy with a diamond. Because I said so, mum and this news site. <laughs> because I said so. That's the argument. So the, the, the two problems that they have is, number one, they lack the ability to empathise with people. Even though they want to talk about empathy all the time, empathy is not sympathy, right? They're two totally different things. Empathy is being able to put yourself in somebody else's position and, you know, try to imagine what they're experiencing. It doesn't necessarily mean you feel sorry for them. But of course, everybody misuses the term empathy and replaces it with sympathy, right? So they lack the empathy to understand why you would like somebody that they hate. And, you know, we went through all the reasons on Wednesday. It's not that hard to figure out why people would still like him, even though you don't. So if you refuse to acknowledge that dynamic, then you're behind the eight ball already. But the other problem is they are so full of themselves and they sniff so many of their own farts. They are so entirely convinced of their own intellectual superiority. That it, Remember the Max Boot article we read? He said, you're not even allowed to disagree with him. No He said, no rational person can legitimately disagree with me. <laughs> really, Max? Are you sure? Gee, that's putting it out there. That's quite a statement, sir. So with this dynamic, it, it means that they are locked in like their own little mental prison. They cannot imagine a world outside of their own opinions. Therefore, things that seem like, you know, predictable to us or common knowledge to us or common sense to us is like an alien philosophy to them because they never allowed themselves the chance to imagine that they might be wrong, unlike you, unlike we do on a daily basis. So there's a lot of polling in here, which I find interesting. Here are, this is the article. Here are some of the things causing anxiety among Democratic partisans. Anxiety. Let's be fair here. 
What isn't causing anxiety now? Really? I mean, look at the opening article we started with tonight. Men with deep voices more likely to cheat. New research shows trying to get women to <laughs> trying to get women to date more feminine men so they can be less anxious about people cheating on them. What isn't causing anxiety now? <laughs> Who gives a fuck about anxiety? Here are some of the things causing anxiety am- uh, among Democratic partisans, particularly political professionals, ladies and gentlemen. You know those political professionals that never get anything wrong. You know them. Professionals. <laughs> got to listen to the experts. You've got to listen to the political professionals. You know, they're always on the money and they only have your best interests at heart. Of course. Of course. Do not question them. Do not question them, peasants. One way to measure voter enthusiasm is to compare voter registration trends for each party. A Democratic strategist who closely follows the data on a day-to-day basis wrote in a privately circulated newsletter, quote, Since last week, the share of non-college over 30 registrations in the battleground states has increased by 10 points compared to September 2016. And the Democratic margin dropped 10 points to just 6 points. And there are serious signs of political engagement by white non-college voters who had not cast ballots in previous elections. Are you following along? See, a lot of people don't know this about how they accumulate polling data. If you haven't voted in the previous two presidential elections, you don't get polled, right? You're not allowed to be asked who you're voting for because they don't consider you to be a regular voter, right? So they want to poll regular voters so that you you can't get data on first-time voters. The data doesn't exist. So the way to track first-time voters is to track voter registrations. Have a listen to this. David Wasserman, House editor for the Cook Political Report, wrote on October 1 that voter registration patterns over a longer period in key battleground states show that, quote, Republicans have swamped Democrats in adding new voters to the rolls, a dramatic GOP improvement over 2016. Now, in 2016, one of the biggest demographics that voted for Donald Trump in 2016 was first-time voters. That's largely why the polls were so wrong, because they weren't able to track first-time voters. And if this, written by a Democrat, mind you, if this story here, written by a Democrat, is truthful, that means that the dynamic of first-time voters in this election is even more than it was in 2016. Which is to say, there could be even more unpollable data flying around out there. Have a listen to this. Wasserman's data. Florida, since the state's March primary, added 195,000 Republicans and 98,000 Democrats. Pennsylvania, 135,000 Republicans, 57,000 Democrats. These are are new first-time registrations on the electoral roll, okay? North Carolina, 
Republicans, 83,000. Democrats, 38,000. Arizona, Democrats outregistered Republicans only 31,000 to 29,000. Turning from registration figures to polling data, many trends are favourable to Biden, but not all of them. Again, again, this is the New York Times here. See, every now and then you can extract nuggets of gold from these pages. This is why I still read it. Turning from registration figures to polling data, many trends are favourable to Biden, but not all of them. For example, there has been a modest drop in the Democratic margin of support among Hispanic Catholics, according to surveys conducted by the Pew Research Center, not Breitbart, right? Not some right-wing conspiracy theory, not some far-right-wing, uber-ultra-nationalist stormfront website, nothing, nothing like that. Pew Research, which is considered to be like the gold standard. More worrisome for Biden, the Pew survey shows modestly weakened support among black women. <laughs> you ain't black. A key Democratic con uh, constituency, black women supported Clinton over Trump 98 to 1. This year, they support Biden over Trump 91 to 6. Evangelical white Protestants remain firmly in the Trump camp, backing him by 61 points over Biden, the same margin he had against Clinton in 2016. So what does this all mean when you break it all down? It means the demographics that Donald Trump won in 2016 he has hold, he has held or just slightly improved. The demographics which Hillary Clinton won in 2016 have worsened for the Democrat Party. One of the reasons why the election was so uh, was so counter to what the polls were telling us in 2016 was for the existence of first-time voters, which cannot be who cannot be polled, and the number of first-time voters in key battleground states have swamped what was taking place in 2016. So make of that what you will. And you you have to wonder, is the reason that this is being printed in the New York Times purely a, an effort to say to Democrats, because, you know, the overwhelming readership of the New York Times is Democrat. Is this an effort to say to Democrats, do not rest on your laurels. Get out there and vote, for Christ's sake. <laughs> do not assume that Biden has won this because it's a little bit of panicky Pete, isn't it? It's a little bit of panicky Pete. All right, let's move on here. Oh, before before we get to the fun stuff, before we get to Hunter Biden, um, you know, Joe Biden isn't out of the woods yet, but don't panic, Democrats. Everything's going to be okay. I don't know if you feel the way that I do, but I feel like we're living in an alternate universe here. Yes, I do. I do feel that way. You know, one of my favourite things to do on this show is assess the opinions of sane, rational people. Yeah, that something has happened to the United States of America and we're all grasping and trying to hold on to our democracy. Uh -huh. I see what's going on in Texas. The vote Texas. is being repressed. This is evil. Ah. This is wrong. Really? The Republicans have to stop. Stop. <laughs> you have to stop. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Remember what we were talking about on Wednesday? That, you know, the max boots of the world can't figure out why. I don't know why 42% of people still support the worst president in our history. And I laid out the argument. It's because they dislike you even more. For all of these kinds of reasons. (laughs) So, you know... Instead of like a rallying cry to get out to the polls, instead of laying out some kind of rational opinion here, just stop. Stop it. Stop it. And, you know, like I said, back in 2015, 2016, I think people would have been more willing to reach out and say, you know, don't be so crazy. It's not that bad. Let's have a rational discussion. But you can only have, uh, you know, you can only be spat on so many times. You can only be accused of being a clan member so many times. You can only be yelled and spat on and uh, carried on in your face so many times before you stop handing out that olive branch. And in response to things like this, this crazy, unhinged, self-obsessed, narcissistic rambling, fart-sniffing, knuckle-dragging, rock-ape, moronic stuff, now when you hear it, you just go, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut up. I don't care. I don't care what you think. I don't care what you're upset about. You are a fucking goddamned lunatic. That's why. That's why I do not care what you have to say. On in Texas, the vote is being repressed. (laughs) This is evil. This is wrong. The Republicans have to stop. (laughs) I'm terrified. I'm terrified. Oh, my God. It's awful. Oh, the pain. And now our fainting handmaiden has returned. Oh, my goodness. It's so awful. It's terrifying. It's horrible. (laughs) Grow up. Relax, man. You just know. You just know that these are like the worst people from a day-to-day life. These are the people you don't want to deal with. You know what I mean? Uh, it's just a collective eye-rolling. You all, you roll your eyes so hard, you give yourself fucking vertigo. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a diamond. Where did you steal the diamond, Gypsy? Who did you steal the diamond from, Gypsy? Says, terrified. I'm terrified. <laughs> it's so awful. I'm terrified. Stop. Stop it. I'm terrified. Ah. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. Listen listen to me. Maybe if you stop screaming so much. (laughs) Maybe if you weren't yelling in everybody's face, we might be more likely to listen to you. Have you considered, you know, the the calm approach? You You know what they say, sweetheart, you catch more flies with honey. Won't somebody please think of the children? Andrew Jackson in the chat. You are the people in history they warned us about. Oh, really? They warned us about people like you. (laughs) Isn't she lovely? Isn't she lovely? Wow. I don't think any word sums this up 
better than unhinged. <laughs> you are the people they warned us about. Who's they for a start? Exactly. People in the chat are already like, they? <laughs> Who is this they that you are referring to? I like it. I think she should be I think she should be a campaign spokesman. She should be doing pep rallies. She'd definitely get people up and moving. History they warned us about! They warned us about! She should be singing in like an Iron Maiden cover band, don't you think? She's got the chops for it. Have a listen again. I'm terrified. Great chops, tremendous chops. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. Listen. You are the people in history they warned us about. They warned us about people like you. <laughs> Pay attention. I am. We're I can't stop watching. Pay attention to me, Republicans. I'm not even a Republican. I can't look away. I need this in my life. <laughs> again, again, carrying on from, you know, the argument that we laid out on Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Ambelina with the diamond. I'm sure she is a lovely girl when she's on her meds. There you go. See, they love you, sweetheart. The audience loves you. <laughs> but carrying on from our theme on Wednesday night, <laughs> why would you why would you vote to validate this? Right? Remember, they can't understand why you don't agree with them. They they have no fathomable reason to believe that not agreeing with this, with this unhinged fucking lunatic here. They have no reason to believe that that's not the right thing to do in their world, in their brain, in their mind. <laughs> Smokey Bear in the chat. Boogie, would Australia like to take on some slightly damaged lefties? I don't know if you saw the news. Apparently, Bruce Springsteen's going to be moving here after Trump wins the election. So we'll, we'll take a Bruce Springsteen. He can do little rock concerts at the old folks' home. Hopefully, the old folks aren't dead by the time he gets here. If they're still alive... We can put him on the retirement home circuit. And he can, you know, we'll just have to change some of the lyrics. Can we change born in the USA to uh, born in Townsville, maybe? I was born in Melbourne. Just adjust it for the local audience, Bruce. You'll be fine. So, you know, why do 42% of people still support the guy that you dislike? Because you're, you are so unlikable. Because this is you. This is what we think of. You are the people in history they warned us about. <laughs> they warned us about yes. people like you. Yes, yes, give it to me. Pay attention. We're losing our democracy. <laughs> I don't think that you're mature enough to have it in the first place, darling, unfortunately. <laughs> the, the protector of democracy, ladies and gentlemen, right there. Isn't she good? It's one of our new favourite heroes here on the Daily Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. Unhinged. Completely unhinged. All right, let's see where we got. Let's see what we got here. Oh, this is fun. This is a fun one. Uh, so you've heard about the Hunter Biden story by now. 
I'm sure of it. <laughs> Minister of Fun Kimmy with the diamond. Ursula the Sea Witch says, <laughs> Thank you for the diamond. Now, I'm sure you've heard <laughs> no more crack for this last <laughs> Dabrowski in the chat. <laughs> Are you sure? Don't you think don't you think you've had enough? Wake up! Wake up! <laughs> I think we need to turn that into an alert here on the program, don't you think? Maybe a new donation alert. You know, instead of all I want to do, take your money. Instead of that, we'll play this. Oh, Twitter video. You've always, you've got a habit of fucking up my chi, don't you? Somebody donates a diamond. I don't know if you feel democracy. Someone donates a diamond and they get this. Wake up! Wake up! (laughs) (laughs) I know that might have to be our new donor. Benke Veritas with the diamond. Is that Sam Kinison? <laughs> Could be. Could be. Oh, whoever, it, whoever it is, they're a new favourite here on this program. So, so like I said, I'm sure you've all heard about the Hunter Biden story now and the problems associated with the Hunter Biden story, that being that uh, an established newspaper, one of the biggest newspapers in the United States, if not the world. Ring that the being bell the New York Post. and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Minister of Fun Kimmy. If not the world, one of one of the most recognisable newspaper brands, anyway. How long has it been around? A hundred years? Like, this isn't some, you know, pop-up fake news, far-right conspiracy misinformation website, right? Everybody knows who the New York Post is. And the main issue associated with the Hunter Biden story from the New York Post being that Facebook, Twitter, and social media companies have now taken it upon themselves to restrict access, to block things, to take it down, because they have decided that it's misinformation. Established newspaper, ladies and gentlemen. They took it upon themselves to say, no, 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 this is disinformation. We have no we have no ability to fact check this. We have no ability to prove this. Of course, uh, directly contradicting the contract that they have with the citizens, that being uh, Section 230, thou shalt not act like a publisher, right? Like, I don't know. When did the fact checkers at Twitter decide that they are now newspaper editors? That's news to me. So this, of course, you know, everybody knows how this works now. The Streisand effect, ladies and gentlemen, it drove more traffic to the story. It drove more eyeballs to the story. And then the story became the social media platform stopping people from reading the story. And, you know, if you've been watching this show for any length of time, you know why that's problematic, right? (laughs) Obviously. So what comes next after that? Well, you subdue the story for a good 24 hours. They figured out that they can't subdue the story anymore and now comes the scrambled defense ladies and gentlemen now is the moment where you rally the troops you gather the forces and you try to get ahead of the story and redirect it in other ways one of the ways they are doing this is by saying that uh joe biden never had a meeting with the guy in the ukraine 
and he never had an official meeting. We checked his logbook and there's no meeting on there. Therefore, it must be wrong. <laughs> so that's one way that they're trying to redirect the story. Have a listen to this. Kyle Cheney, who's a reporter for Politico. And normally I don't light people up on Twitter like this, but this is a very special case. Kyle Cheney, <clears throat> reporter for Politico, quote, again, stipulating that the suspect email is real, there's literally nothing in it that says Joe Biden met with a Burisma advisor. The, quote, the opportunity to meet may just as easily have meant Hunter promised a meeting in the future that may never have occurred. <laughs> Dear- do you see the new reality that's being promised here? Do you see the new reality that's being constructed for you? Yes. Hunter Biden was talking to people at Burisma. Hunter Biden, we have the we know the money was going into his fucking bank account. But uh he promised a meeting, he might have promised a meeting with his dad for influence for money. He got the money, but maybe the meeting never took place. <laughs> So therefore, it's all okay. Exactly. It's all cool then. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Wow. Thanks for explaining that. <laughs> Thanks for explaining it. Now we know that nothing happened. Great. Cool story, bro. He continues, lastly, if such a meeting occurred, it should be pretty easy to pinpoint with accuracy when and where, which should seem an important part of reporting a story like this before blasting out the innuendo, ladies and gentlemen, especially given the suspect actors involved. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So this is how the scrambled defense for a story starts to pick up steam. Have a look at this. Factcheck.org. Factcheck.org. Oh, you're going to love this. Quote, this this is after the New York Post story came out, right, about Hunter Biden. Quote, Trump revives false narrative on Biden and Ukraine. Oh, it's just, it's another Trump conspiracy theory. Just yet another Trump conspiracy theory, ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention! We're losing our democracy! Wake up! Wake up! Thank you, darling. Yes, indeed, wake up. We should all wake up. At a campaign rally in Iowa, President Donald Trump cited an unsubstantiated news report. (laughs) This is the fucking best. To revive a widely debunked false narrative about Joe Biden's work in the Ukraine on behalf of the Obama administration. Yes, that you do not adjust your monitors. They are trying it again. As we have reported more than once last year, Biden travelled to Kiev as vice president and warned Ukraine's then-president, Petro Poroshenko, that the US would withhold $1 billion in loan guarantees until Ukraine removed its prosecutor general, Viktor Shokin, who was widely viewed as corrupt. See, they need to add that in. He was widely viewed as corrupt. Because the ends justifies the means to these people, right? The same people who, you know, six months ago would have been telling you that it's wrong to meddle in other people's uh, politics, right? That it's wrong to get involved in the politics of another country. When it suits them, they can turn on a dime and say, well, no, everybody thought he should be pressured to be qu- to be fired. <laughs> 
Everybody thought that he had to go. Joe Biden was doing us all a favour. It was right to meddle in that country's politics because he was a really bad dude. And then next week, they'll go back to saying that it's wrong again when it suits them. Listen to this. At the time, the international community and anti-corruption advocates in Ukraine were also calling for Shokin to be removed from office. Oh, okay. So because a few people said that he should be removed, therefore it was right for Joe Biden to bribe the government of that country to have him fired. But I th- I thought we were against... Right, I thought we were against getting involved in the in the in the thing that you know. Shut up, bigot! Shut up, nuts! What are you, some kind of fascist, bro? Ted Dabrowski in the chat. Twitter moderating this content means more people are talking about it than if it did nothing. Exactly, exactly. It's the Barbara Streisand effect. We know how this works now. At the time, uh, we've read that already. So just in case you you don't remember, just in case you're living under a rock, I know people have played this a million times. It's worth playing one more time because they're literally telling you that this didn't happen. Um, I remember going over convincing our team, our brothers, to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over, I guess, the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to the press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. Never happened. Never happened. It's just a conspiracy theory. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we've checked. We've checked factcheck.org. Trump revives false narrative on Biden and the Ukraine. It's a false narrative. It's not real not content with this because you know what happened right the biden campaign used the suppression of the story on twitter as the evidence to suggest that it's been debunked which we knew would happen right so the story comes out in the new york post says hunter biden is selling his father's you know position for direct cash into his bank account he's selling influence This story gets suppressed on Facebook and Twitter. The Biden campaign says, well, look, it's obviously false because the story was suppressed on Facebook and Twitter. And that's one thing. But even more uh, concerning than, than that taking place to me is the fact that people believe it. People will say, yeah, that's fair enough. See, because that's the real black pill. Is, is realising just how stupid the average voter is, just how brain-dead the average person is, that 70% of people will have no problem with that scenario whatsoever. The little circular logic taking place here. No, no, Twitter was right to ban the story because it's misinformation. We know it's misinformation because Twitter banned the story. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Thank you for keeping me safe. Have a look at this. Washington Post. So now now they all come out. Now 
Now all of our little soldiers are coming out to put a dagger in this story. And how do we do that? We do it by attacking the source, ladies and gentlemen. Washington Post. White House was warned that Giuliani was being used by Russians to feed misinformation to Trump. Of course, it's just a coincidence that this headline comes out on CNN quoting the Washington Post the day after the New York Post story. It's It's just a coincidence, bro. Just a coincidence. The White House was warned in 2019 that President Donald Trump's personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani, was being used to feed Russian misinformation to the president, the Washington Post reported on Thursday, exactly just 24 hours after the New York Post story came out. What a coincidence. What are the odds, huh? So... <laughs> Citing conversations with four former officials familiar with the matter, the Post said that the US intelligence agencies warned the White House that Giuliani, quote, was the target of an influence operation by Russian intelligence in which Trump was the intended recipient of misinformation. Well, thank you. Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Thank you so much for banning the New York Post article. How could I ever go on without you? Thank you so much. So good of you. CBS News, ladies and gentlemen. Hunter Biden tabloid story. Oh, look at me. Hello. I'm rambling again. Hey, Boogie Victor here. Here's proof Rudy Giuliani got bribed by the Russians. Here's him in his new car. <laughs> Winning TV with a diamond. I'm fine if Russia nukes our media. MT2020. One step too far. Thank you for the diamond. Wake the fuck up. Exactly. That's our new rallying cry here on the program. Thank you, sweetheart. We'll do our best. Uh, so this was sent through by Victor. Let's see what he sent us here. This is apparently, what is it? Rudy Giuliani in his new car. <laughs> the ladder, not the ladder. This is Rodney. <laughs> this is so dumb. <laughs> You're an idiot. of the Soviet Union, ladies and gentlemen. The mighty larder. How can, how can Rudy Giuliani not spread Russian misinformation when the riches being promised are so plentiful? Thank you so much for that, Victor. <laughs> All right, come on. CBS News, ladies and gentlemen. Because remember, the real story is not the New York Post story. The real story is the disinformation campaign. What New York Post story? What are you talking about? There's no New York Post story. What are you talking about, New York Post story? Look, look, look. just as further evidence, have a look at this. All right. I was looking at things before the show. Here's the MSNBC YouTube page. No mention of all of these clips. 
No mention of the New York Post Hunter Biden story in any of them. Not one mention. Like it never happened. CNN, ladies and gentlemen, not one mention of the New York uh, New York Post Hunter Biden story. Not one. What do we have? Well, the only thing that comes close to talking about the Hunter Biden New York Post story, ladies and gentlemen, is places like CBS referencing it when talking about misinformation and disinformation campaigns. Isn't that fucking cute? Have a look at this. And tonight, the Trump campaign is accusing Twitter and Facebook of censorship after the social media companies blocked the spread of an unverified story. (laughs) An unverified story? (laughs) It's, It's barely worth pointing out, right? It's so obvious that you shouldn't even have to point it out. Because it's at this time that the earnest and erstwhile person, like the the genuine person, will say, um, I'm excuse excuse me, I'm sorry. Don't don't um news organizations print, you know, unverified stories like all the time. Like whenever they say anonymous sources, isn't that unverified story? Isn't that unverified? <laughs> Shut up, bigot. Shut up, Nazi. What are you, some kind of Russian, bro? No, no, no. On this occasion, it's so unverified <laughs> that we actually have to ban the story from getting out because we're protecting. Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Thank you for protecting me from unverified information. You know, when people were trying to post this story on Twitter the other day, it was coming up saying, uh, we cannot let you post this link because it is potentially harm- harmful. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me safe. I don't want to be harmed by an unverified story. <laughs> they really do. They, Like I said at the start of the show, they really do treat you like shit. They really have no respect for you whatsoever. Thank you, darling. We'll do our best. So (laughs) we're protecting you. Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. About former Vice President Joe Biden's son and Uh a laptop allegedly full of his old emails. Really? It's a story raising concerns about whether it's real or just designed to sow confusion in the final weeks of the election. (laughs) How do you sleep at night? How do you live with yourself? And it's so obvious, isn't it? It is so overt how you are getting screwed here, how you are getting fucked here. Again, most people go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm. yep, really. <laughs> you know... <laughs> Here we have this story, again, from a newspaper which is known around the world, one of the biggest newspapers in the United States. It's been around for over 100 years. Here we have this story which uh, allegedly has evidence of, uh, you know, the son of a presidential candidate bribing foreign governments in order to get influence for that person, right, via that person. And the biggest aspect of this story is not the story itself. It's not the details itself. The biggest question that surrounds this story is, 
how are we getting screwed with disinformation? <laughs> Think of all the propaganda. Think of all the confusion that this will cause. Thank you for keeping me safe, Twitter. Thank you for blocking the story so I don't get too confused. I don't want to be confused about the election. It's a great face, isn't it? Somebody said sticker her face. Here you go. Here's your opportunity. That's that's what that's what it looks like. Thank you for keeping me safe. I don't want to be confused about the election. I don't want to be confused. Thank you for keeping me safe. <laughs> Come on, this is serious. Here, CBS is Nancy Cordes. Hi, Nancy. Experts say it has all the hallmarks of information laundering. Experts. Experts say it has all the hallmarks of information laundering. The show, tell me about these experts. And all the headaches of 2016. Uh-huh. I have nothing to say about WikiLeaks. Back then, it was Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta, whose emails were stolen and then dribbled out in the last month of the race. Mm-hmm. This time, it's a tabloid newspaper dribbling out emails. A tabloid newspaper dribbling out emails. Now, remember, they're not saying that the emails aren't real, just like in 2016. Remember? If you cast your mind back to 2016, they never disputed the the emails themselves. So they turned the story into how people got the emails and why the emails were being Ring leaked. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for the sub, Dayton Walker. So the story isn't what's in the email. Don't worry about what's in the emails. You know, if you want to read what's in WikiLeaks, you can't, you know, it's actually actually illegal for people to have WikiLeaks. So if you want to know what's in these WikiLeaks, you need to come to me, Chris Cuomo. Remember that? Remember all of that? So they're not even disputing the emails themselves. But the story has to be something other than the emails. We have to move you off that topic. 24 hours of suppressing the story. And now we only mention the story in reference to disinformation campaigns. <laughs> it's very cute. It's very sophisticated. I fucking tip my hat to them. They're doing a stellar job, a stand-up job. Purportedly swiped from Vice President Joe Biden's son. This is a big smoking gun. The go-between this time isn't WikiLeaks, but Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani, who says he got the emails from a computer repairman in Delaware. He wanted us to have this. He he also thought it displayed numerous crimes. Hmm. Uh, So he gave them to my lawyer. We have the entire hard drive. Giuliani has admitted before to working with a known Russian agent to dig up dirt on the Bidens. Bravo! <laughs> really? <laughs> he's, he's practically a so he's practically a member of the fucking Kremlin, isn't he? <laughs> Giuliani, Giuliani has Giuliani has admitted to working with the Russians before. We also have it on good authority that he masturbates over a mini statuette of Stalin every night before he goes to bed. He's practically a communist agitator, Rudy Giuliani. (laughs) Losing our democracy! Wake up! Wake up! 
thank you for the advice, sweetheart. Very good advice. This looks like your classic disinformation campaign. The, cl- the classic disinformation campaigns, just like all the other ones. Because, you know, every time negative news comes out about Joe Biden or about Hillary Clinton or about John Podesta it must, or about Kamala Harris, it must be, oh, there goes those Russians again. It just looks like another classic disinformation campaign. Because remember, in their world, ladies and gentlemen, they can never be wrong. In their world, the only reason that you would still support Donald Trump is because you're dumb, you're ignorant, you're stupid, you've been uh, convinced by disinformation campaigns, you are a victim of propaganda. That's the only reason that you would not agree with them. In their world, they are right, they are righteous, they are defending the Republic from a tyrant. And like I said before, I don't know how they sleep at night. They will suppress, they will subdue, they will distract, they will lie, they will accuse. They will pretend like a story doesn't fucking exist because the ends justifies the means. They will openly claim that this is a Russian disinformation campaign with no evidence. Why? Because it's their right. In their mind, they have an inherent God-given right to govern. They don't have to win the election. They just have to be there. And you, you're a problem. You're a problem that needs to be managed. You need to be dealt with. You need to be handled And the only reason, the only possible explanation for any kind of negative information about our team or our guy, it must be a lie. It must be a fabrication. It cannot be true. So that's the way they approach it. That's the way they deal with it. That's the way they deal with you. You can't even prove you can't even prove that it's true. You can't prove that it's right. Remember Max Boot on Wednesday night, ladies and gentlemen, you cannot disagree. You cannot legitimately disagree. You're not allowed. Isn't it great? Eric O'Neill is a former FBI. I don't know why 42% of people still support Donald Trump. My operative. Steal the information with a cyber attack. Get the emails. Listen, from- listen to this. Stolen information with a cyber attack. Hunter Biden's account and then put them on these laptops that are left at a repair store. And that's how the information is now laundered into the public. Wow. Again, <laughs> it's so obvious it's, it's barely worth mentioning. And, you know, like, I'm not doing this to defend Donald Trump in any way, shape or form. That's not the point of this segment at all. I'm, I'm defending sane, rational people. I'm, defend, I'm defending sane, rational people who are not like this. They warned us about! They warned us about people! I'm defending the opposite of this. Like you! Pay attention! We're losing our democracy! Wake up! Wake Thank you, darling. Thank you so much for the update there. I'm I'm defending the opposite of that. 
this guy. So the story, remember, the story that is needs to be suppressed on Twitter, the story that needs to be kicked off Facebook, right? The story that you're not allowed to see because it's harmful disinformation, it's a propaganda campaign based on no evidence whatsoever. This is how we explain that story. Have a listen again. Information with a cyber attack, get the email. Listen, look. This looks what about, like what about your the, classic. What about the balls on this guy? Listen to this. What about the balls on this fucking prick here? This, this looks like your classic disinformation campaign. Eric O'Neill is a former FBI, FBI operative. Steal the information with a cyber attack, get the emails from Hunter Biden's account, and then put them on these laptops that are left at a repair store. And that's how the information is now laundered into the public. Winning TV with a diamond whelp. Well, at least we know she's a screamer. <laughs> Indeed she is. So again, not disputing the legitimacy of the emails themselves, just like in 2016. They haven't learned a goddamn fucking thing, have they? Because just like in 2016, not disputing the emails, not saying that the information in the emails is false. We need to redirect the story. We need to push the story into a different avenue. And that avenue is now, well, 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 maybe somebody hacked Hunter Biden's computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this is what happened. Somebody hacked his computer, and that's a crime. You're not allowed to do that. And then they took his emails, and then they put them on another laptop. And then they took that laptop and took it down to a store and left it there. And the guy who left it there was probably a Russian. And then this is how the Russians get, like, their information out there in the public, their misinformation with no evidence whatsoever. But nobody's stopping this story from circulating, right? Nobody's stopping this clip from being played on Twitter. Nobody's kicking this clip off Facebook. And and just that very simple, you know, awareness is enough, I think, for most people to sit back and go, eh, you know what? This doesn't pass the sniff test. Something about this isn't right. This doesn't make sense. We've got so much more to get through. I've just been rambling on and on, haven't I? Uh, we've got so much more to get through in the second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when we return on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie podcast, stick around. Michael, Glass Art, head of the British Garage Door Repairers and Glassmakers Association, Lord Clarence Cobblepot. Well, I, I truly have uh, no uh, hesitations in suggesting that Ian Michael is a visionary, uh, possibly the most uh, wonderful, talented glassmaker we've ever seen you know, of this generation. Uh, uh, I recommend him to all of our our, our service members and all of our, our union members require only the best in quality. Ian Michael Glass Art. Not just dildos and butt plugs. Do you suffer from mass hysteria? Not knowing whether to wear a mask or not. Do you suffer from paranoia, constantly in fear of Karens? Do you suffer from anti-laughism, the inability to laugh and smile no matter what happens to you? Well... 
It's Child Worthington here with Child Money Live, where you can have a chahootenanny of a good time. We have everything from current events to a chasource and McCarran, where these chickens just be going ch crazy. It's off the hinge. We even got Karen jumping off of trailers. We got Karens going ch crazy over french fries. We even have Karens that think they have the force. It's insane over here at Chamele Live. So I appreciate you. Come on down. We got the phone lines. They're always open. We'd love to have you. Side effects may include dizziness, lack of oxygen due to hysterical laughing, and inability to shield off cameras to come within six feet of your vicinity, expansion of the mind due to the overload of factual information, not fake news, confidence of the lack of bullshit in your life, and the instant ability to become based. For instant help with any of these symptoms, please contact the trauma and outline immediately or seek your closest woke friend and may be able to calm you during your time and transition from sleep to awake. on the evidence provided by witnesses and documents, I, I think you relied a lot on media. I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. How many times I what? Cited the Washington Post. <laughs> how many times I what? Mr. Mueller, I'd like to know how many times you cited the Washington Post in your report. Sorry, would I like some toast? No, no, no. How many times did you cite the Washington Post? I'm sorry, at the party, am I a good host? I'm a very good host. No, no, Mr. Muller. How many times, yes, did you cite, yes, yes, the Washington Post? The Washington Host. I, well, I don't know the Washington Host, but I've heard good things about him. There's always lots of hors d'oeuvres. You know, I, I, I remember back when I was a younger man, Younger man, we, we would host we would host many soirees. Of course, back then. Of course, back then, uh, I was I was quite debonair. I was a big big fan with the ladies. The ladies very much enjoyed my company, and uh, myself and the Washington Post would get around town, make make tremendous friends. And then, of course, I would always be up at the crack of dawn the next day to get the daily news, because as you know, in those days, they didn't bring the newspaper to your front door. You would have to go down to go down the road and get it yourself. And I would always make sure that I had a sixpence in my pocket to ride the trolley. <laughs> no, Mr. Mullen, how many times did you cite the Washington Post? Oh, the Washington Post, yes. Well, it was a tremendous paper. I remember back in the early days, you could purchase the Washington Post, a cup of coffee, and ride the trolley, all for around four cents. Those were it was a tremendous time to be alive. Post in your report. Don't have, I, I do not have knowledge of that yeah. figure, but I, I well, that's I, it. I don't have knowledge of that figure. I counted about sixty times. How many times did you cite the New York Times? I counted. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I counted about. I, I have no idea because I didn't write the fucking thing. Subscribe to the Daily Boogie podcast. It's what Granddad would want.
don't forget, Smins. This Justin, the global officials that can help all, also known as Got You, have now banned all boogieing and boogie-related movements worldwide. Public safety is the main concern, they say, and people are reminded that boogieing is contagious. Anyone caught boogieing will be dealt with in the harshest terms police have reported. More I don't this world can get you down. There's just one thing you can do. You gotta get back up and shake it all around. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how I'm gonna boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. No one's gonna tell me how to boogie. Come on, everybody boogie bumper tonight. Coming back. Second half of the show, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you for joining us on this Friday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. It's a pleasure as always, as promised, so much to get through and so little time. Uh, We open up tonight's show talking about apparently men with deeper voices are more likely to cheat and apparently men with more feminine voices are more likely to be committed to their partners. A thing that, you know, seems evidently true to me because I suspect men with more feminine voices are less likely to have sexual partners in the first place, so they would be less likely to cheat as a result. <laughs> that just seems true. I don't know. That seems like a, a logical, rational uh, reality to be happening. So on that theme, because guess what? I've got more news for you in the world of masculinity. It also affects who you vote for. This is utterly fantastic. Have a look at this, ladies and gentlemen, from the Washington Post. From the Washington Post, tremendous paper. Trump, Biden, and masculinity in the age of coronavirus. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They really, I mean, they're really trying everything, aren't they? They are really throwing the kitchen fucking sink at this thing. God bless them. You know, you can suppress uh, stories about Hunter Biden all day, every day, but the real meat of the story is, of course, talking about masculinity and the problems surrounding masculinity. Listen to this. President Trump boasted last week that he beat COVID-19 because he is, quote, a perfect physical specimen, which was fucking hilarious. Senator Kelly Loeffner distributed a video of Trump at WrestleMania tackling and beating up a man with a coronavirus particle superimposed over his head. <sighs> Like again, I know I'm, I'm I know I'm I'm harking back to Wednesday's show, and if you miss Wednesday's show, go back and watch it. Uh, it's called "Why Do You Still Like Trump?" Like, and we went over all of this on Wednesday. Even when they're describing the memes that they don't like, they even describe it in an annoying way, right? Everything about these people is fucking joyless and annoying. And the moaning and the whining and the fucking bitching. You know what I mean? They speak like 18th century handmaidens. Oh, my. I'm so looking forward to this election. I'm so looking forward to Donald Trump. Oh, my goodness. This is the most despicable, dishonorable, dishonest thing that I have ever seen. I'm so looking forward to the election. Oh, my goodness. Fainting and carrying on. Bitching like old fucking women. That's that's what your whole movement is now. <clears throat> and I suspect 
a whole bunch of people support Donald Trump out of spite for you and you can't you haven't figured it out yet so even when they talk about a meme video listen to the way they dis- they even describe it in an annoying way President Donald Trump last week boasted that he beat COVID-19 because he is a, quote, perfect physical specimen. Yes, it's called a fucking joke. Liven up, man. Senator Kelly Loeffner distributed a video of Trump at WrestleMania tackling and beating up a man with a coronavirus particle superimposed over his head. Oh, God. Even your descriptions are excruciatingly boring. President Trump won't have to cover, recover from COVID-19, Matt Gates wrote on Twitter. COVID will have to recover from President Trump. Again, that's pretty funny. The president's emergence from his bout with the novel coronavirus is being hailed by many allies as a sign of his physical strength. The latest chapter in the effort by Trump and his supporters to cast himself as the manliest of men, conflating masculinity and strength and engaging in a dispute of sorts with Joe Biden over the meaning of machismo. Yes. 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 Do not adjust your monitors, ladies and gentlemen. They are upset about Donald Trump talking about how he beat the coronavirus because to them, it's about Trump trying to show that he's more masculine than Joe Biden. They really are this retarded. Listen to this. This is a quote from Joe Biden. Now, what is this macho thing? I'm not going to wear a mask, Biden said during a town hall meeting last week, just after Trump was released from the hospital. Big deal. Does it hurt you? Be patriotic, for God's sakes. Take care of yourself, but take care of your neighbours. The back and forth, the article continues, the back and forth between Trump and Biden has a long has long resembled a testosterone-filled mano a mano bluster between high school jocks they used to be. They evoke different brands of manliness. This is so good. This is exactly the reason why I subscribe to the Washington Post for shit like this. Have a listen at the lengths that they are going to in this article to find a way to describe Joe Biden as like Superman masculine fucking alpha male. All right. (laughs) Have a look at how far they're willing to stretch reality to create a super masculine version of Joe Biden for you. <laughs> you are you are absolutely going to love this. <laughs> Trump's recent experience with the coronavirus has amplified that conflict, which in some ways is a fight over what strength means in a changing society. Ah. Oh. Oh. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Trump tweeting about how he beat the coronavirus is not a commentary on what strength means in a changing society, you overeducated fucking twat. You t- that, that's the only word I can come up to describe you. You're a twat. That's what a twat would say. <laughs> you are a useless twat. <laughs> well... I think when Donald Trump when Donald Trump tweets about uh, you know how he beat the coronavirus, what I really think this is a time for us to pause and consider what does masculinity and strength mean in a changing modern progressive society? No, no, shut up, <laughs> sit down and shut up. 
you twat. Trump's reason. <laughs> so ridiculous. Trump's recent experience with the coronavirus has amplified that conflict, which in some ways is a fight over what strength means in a changing society. Physical strength is obviously not synonymous with maleness, but Trump often uses it as part of his broader self-portrait as a dominant masculine figure. Listen, listen to this. <laughs> Trump is more is a more caricatured version of masculinity. Aggressive, physically tough, physically strong, never back down, said Jackson Katz, creator of a forthcoming documentary called The Man Card, Presidential Masculinity from Nixon to Trump. Listen to this, quote, what Biden is offering is a more complex 21st version, uh, 21st century version of masculinity. It's compassion and empathy and care and a personal narrative of loss. What? <laughs> uh, hello, is this the um, bro? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Follow Q with a diamond boogie. Pick a time and stick with it, you twat. <laughs> I told you on Wednesday I was coming on at six o'clock. That's your fault. You should have been here. Do you want to hear it again? Do you want, do you want to hear how we describe Joe Biden's masculinity? Listen to this. <laughs> what Joe Biden is offering is a more complex 21st century version of masculinity. It's compassion and empathy and a care and a personal narrative of loss. My God, he's so manly. He's so manly with all of his compassion and empathy and girl feelings. <laughs> My God, you know, when he cries on stage about things. It's just so fucking masculine. A personal narrative of loss. My God, he's so manly. God, the lengths these people will go to to just construct a new reality that they prefer. It's, it, I never get sick of it. It's mind-boggling. So let's see some of... The Superman, the super masculine, the alpha male, ladies and gentlemen, Joe Biden, during his town hall, uh, was it just last night? Thank you. How are you? Um, I'm good. Thank you. So remember, this is the alpha male, the complex 21st version of masculinity, Joe Biden, ladies and gentlemen, with compassion and empathy and a deep sense of loss. Thank you. Um, I'm the proud mom of two girls, uh -huh. eight and ten. My youngest daughter is transgender. The Trump administration has attacked the rights of transgender people. How? How? When? When did that happen? Oh, did you? I'm sorry. Did you want your eight-year-old to join the Marines? Did you? <laughs> did you want your eight-year-old to be fighting in Iraq? Well done. Well got. Good move, Patriot. Good for you, Patriot. It's about time. We should have more children on the front line, don't you think? If it's good enough for the Iraqis, it's good enough for us. Let's be honest here. Okay, so the proud mother of an eight-year-old transgender girl. Banning them from military service. 
I did not know that she was going to say that. <laughs> they banned my eight-year-old from military service. <laughs> Wow. (laughs) Donald Trump hates my eight-year-old transgender daughter. He won't even let her join the Marines. Age restriction is a huge issue. Victor Von Trum in the chat. <laughs> oh my god. Holy cow! Come on now. I really need to hot button this, don't I? We need to put this in the hot bar, our little representative for tonight. I don't know if you feel the. Oh, that's about it. You don't say. That something has happened to the United States of America, and we're all grasping and trying to hold on uh-huh. to our democracy. I see what we're dra- we're grasping and trying to hold on to our democracy. We want our eight-year-old transgender daughters fighting on the front lines. What's going on in Texas? The vote is being repressed. This is evil. This is wrong. The re- Minister of Fun, Kimmy with the diamond, click this. Uh, okay, do, where is it? Do I have to? All right. What do we got here? Oh, she made a she made a sound for us. Kimmy made a button for us. Wake up! <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> thank you, thank you very much, Kimmy, for the, for the sound alert. Republicans have to stop. I'm terrified. Terrified. Listen to me, Republican. I'm terrified that my eight-year-old daughter won't be allowed to engage in behind-enemy-lines commando-style raids of uh, militant bunkers, right? You know what I mean? Listen. I'm terrified that my eight-year-old transgender daughter won't be allowed to lose both their legs in a minefield in a desert shithole somewhere. It's just not fair. You are the people in history they warned us about. They warned us about. Good morning, Vietnam. They warned us about people like you. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Pay attention. Okay. We're losing our democracy. Whoa, settle down. Wake up. (laughs) Wake up. Thank you. I'll do my best. Let's get let's get back to our story here. All right, come on, be fair, be fair. This is serious. Um, weakening non-discrimination protections uh-huh. and even removing the word transgender from some government websites. Wow. What an oppression. How do you even how do you even cope with that? How can you even go on? Removing the word from some government websites? Oh, the horror. (laughs) Remember, removing, apparently removing a word from some government websites is the same thing as attacking somebody. This is the world some people live in. 
And again, like I said, like I said in on Wednesday's show, uh, yeah, Max Boot. I, I don't understand why 42% of people still continue to support Donald Trump because I suspect a whole bunch of people are no longer willing to validate this sickness, this madness. Where for you, removing a word off a government website is the same thing as like somebody coming around and lynching your children. You need to relax. You need to relax. What are you, concerned that your eight-year-old isn't allowed in the fucking military? What the hell is wrong with you? Honestly. (laughs) I mean, there's obviously something wrong, but I mean beyond the obvious. Keep going. How will you, as president, reverse this dangerous and discriminatory... Dangerous. ...agenda and ensure that the lives and rights of LGBTQ people are protected under U.S. law. I will flat out just change the law. Eliminate those executive orders, number one. You may recall, I'm the guy who said, uh, I was raised by a man who... uh, I was raised by a transgender man. You know, I was raised by my mama who had a dick. So I know everything there is to know about this. You know, this is the new 21st century version of masculinity that we're, we're portraying here. You know, I was raised by a transgender myself. You know, I, I used to go down to the pool and I used to look at the bulges on the little girl's bikini bottoms. I used to wonder to myself, is that a PP in there or is that a woo-woo? And one day I was looking at a black man's bikini bottom and he didn't have to happen to have a pee-pee. We call that guy Corn Pop. And I go up to him and I rub his leg and make the hair go the other way. And I like it when the kids sit in my lap. Because they're not quite sure what I got packing on down there. And that's the way that we should all be. You know, I'll just flat out change the law. (laughs) I'll just change the law. Dictator Biden here. I remember I was being dropped off. My 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 dad was a high school educated. Well, just a just a question without notice. Press one in the chat if anybody believes, because there have been so many of these little fucking memoirs that Joe Biden rolls out. So many of these little stories. You know what I mean? Oh, back when I was a child. And how what what are we up to? Like two dozen of them have been proven to just be flat out lies, right? Like so many of these. When he goes off script here, when Joe Biden goes off script and likes to talk about these little fucking stories about when he was growing up and stuff. So many of them, people are like, uh, actually that never happened. Right? So press one in the chat. If you believe this fucking story, press two in the chat. If you're just like, no, this is another lie. Press one in the chat. If you believe this story, we haven't even heard it yet. I want to see how much credibility you give Joe. Wall-to-wall tubes. <laughs> Lady of Diamonds Gypsy with a diamond. Vantage of steals a diamond gypsy. Dick Taster Biden. <laughs> Very good. It's wall-to-wall twos. Nobody believes a fucking word he says. For, for a reason that so many of his little stories have been proven to be complete fabrications. A red man who... Uh was a really decent guy, and I was being dropped off to get, get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware. Oh, my God. 
I mean, in these moments, he really does show his age, doesn't he? He was asked a very simple question. How are you going to protect the rights of the LGBTQ community if you're elected president? The answer? Well, I remember back in 1972, I was raised by my uh, my father and uh, he, uh, he dropped me off and there was a guy there who had uh, red hair. He was like one of those gingers. And uh, I was getting a form from uh, Delaware. I, I had to buy a form and, you know, I attached three onions to my belt, which was the style at the time. <laughs> Right? He's asked a very straightforward question and it turns into like an old man story. An old man story that doesn't go anywhere. It's like, what the fuck? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Vice President. What the fuck are you talking about? I set the toaster to three. Medium brown. The corporate capital of the world at the time. And these two men I'm getting out to get a an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because there was a big swimming pool complex. Oh, and we're back at the fucking swimming pool again. <laughs> we're back at the fucking swimming pool. See, now I have to bring up the swimming pool story. I can't believe he's referencing the swimming pool story. Jesus Christ, Joe. Joe what the hell is wrong with you? Because <laughs> now we have to do the flashback. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Where is it? Okay, here we go. The swimming pool story, ladies and gentlemen. Mouse, thank you very, very much. Joe Biden, Vice President Biden. Okay? A little bit. Folks, look, uh, this is, I've received, because of the people of the state of Delaware, I've received an awful lot of uh, wonderful honors uh, all my career. <laughs> The greatest honor was serving it's, you. For it's so worth long. remembering the greatest this hits. This does mean more to me than anything that's happened. My daughter Ashley's with me. My daughter Ashley uh, got her first job down here at Kingswood, out of school. My she runs. Uh, she's a social worker. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Bo, uh, Bo is associated here. Anyway, <laughs> he doesn't even get far before he uh, he already starts. Forgetting the point of his own story. You know, my daughter, Ashley, she uh, she's here and uh, she's come down here. You know, she's a social worker. She, uh, uh, well, well, anyway. He's <laughs> 30 seconds into his story. He's already forgotten why he's telling it. <laughs> the point I want to make is uh, yeah. I owe you all. What's the point? I owe this neighborhood. Yeah. I learned so, so much. I was a kid from suburbia. I lived out in Mayfield in a split-level home with uh, yeah, yeah. my grandpa living with us and yeah, uh, yeah. in a three-bedroom home with four kids, my grandpa. Grandpa. And, folks, uh, when uh, 19, it's a whole 100 years ago, but I was a senior <laughs> in high school, and uh, Przicki turned out to be a great athlete in, uh, what? in uh, at the University of Delaware. But I was Who the fuck is Przicki? <laughs> Runner-up in state scoring championship here in football. I wasn't bad either. There seems to be a theme with Joe Biden. Okay, let's go back. Remember, he was asked in this in this town hall about what he would do to protect transgender rights, ladies and gentlemen. And rights of LGBTQ people are protected under U.S. law. I will flat out just change the law. Every, eliminate those executive orders, number one. You may recall I'm the guy who said uh, I was raised by a man 
who I'm the guy who said I was raised by a man. Good for you, Joe. We're off to a cracking start. Well, I remember I was being dropped off. My my, my dad was a high school educated, well-read man who... <laughs> Go on. <laughs> what would you do to protect transgender kids, Joe? Who said, uh, I was raised by a man... Who, uh, I remember I was being dropped off. My 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 dad was a high school educated, well read man who. Uh... Like, I mean, look at the look at the face of the woman he's talking to. Look at this. Let me put this up on the big screen. She has no idea what's going on. Like, if you watch her, she keeps looking like side to side. Obviously, I guess she's looking at like the producers of the town hall or something, or the people who are going around like saying. Who ne- whose turn it is to speak, whatever. She's looking like, do I sit down? Should I sit down? Should I, like, what is he, what is this? What, is, what does this have to do with, with the trans, my transgender daughter? What is this, what the hell are you talking about? It's, it is, it's t- Marcus Flembrain in the chat. She's confused, it's total confusion. <laughs> She's got no idea what the point of this memoir is, and neither do we. Well-educated, well-read man who uh, was a really decent guy, and I was being dropped off to get, get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate <laughs> capital of the world at the time. And these two about? men, I'm getting out to get a, an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because there was a big swimming pool complex. I was getting an application to be a lifeguard in an African-American community. Is he just trying to crowbar references in now at this point? Joe, what the hell are you on? What's Joe, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> how does you, how does you filling out an application to be a lifeguard 45 years ago protect transgendered eight-year-olds? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you figure it out. I got no idea. And uh, and these two men, well dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. Oh, did they? I'm getting out of the car at the light, and I turned to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, "Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea that <laughs> I don't know." Ridiculous. <laughs> so okay, so okay, okay, so I'm trying to figure this out. So, <laughs> Ben K Veritas with a diamond hashtag mammogram. I, I'm trying to figure this out. So when I was a kid, I two I saw two men in suits kissing each other. Therefore, I'm protecting eight-year-old transgender girls. Um, okay. That an eight-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's Um, isn't that offensive? I thought you can't decide. I thought it's born, I thought it's born into you. Oh no, oh dear. Winning TV with a diamond. He's a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Did he just say people decide to be transgender? 
Oh, Biden. Oh, Joey B. Joey B. No, no, no. No, that's bigoted, sir. <laughs> even, even when he's making shit up on the spot to try and sound like a tolerant person, he still fucks it up. <laughs> even when he's making the story up, he still fucks it. <laughs> You know, usually in make-believe, you can invent uh, any reason you want to prove to people why you're such a nice guy. Joe can't even fucking work that out. Whoops. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a ten-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. Decide. I just decided. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> okay. Whatever you say, Joe. Whatever you say. So this was the town hall that apparently everybody was really upset that NBC was... Uh, NBC decided to do a town hall with Donald Trump uh, on the same night that they had the town hall with Joe Biden. And apparently this got everybody really upset because we all care about, you know, getting information out there. I got to tell you, though, the story of the day, you know what everyone is talking about? All of oh, what's everyone talking about? Hang on a minute. Winning TV with a diamond. The look of disappointment in her face. Yes, if only she was a transgender woman of colour, then Joe might care. <laughs> I was amazed that everybody was so upset about the two town halls being on the same night. I, I, it, I fucking pissed myself laughing at all of the blue check marks going, this is an outrage, this is disgusting. Calling for a boycott of NBC. It's like, yes, boycott but for the wrong reasons. Uh, before we get to this clip, though, it's time for another edition of... Lemon tree, very pretty, and a lemon flowery sweet. But a fruit or the poor is impossible to eat. Lemon tree, very pretty, and a lemon flowery sweet. But a fruit or the poor is impossible to eat. Don Lemon, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a look. Everyone I know, they are outraged about what's happening tomorrow night. Uh -huh. uh, the dueling town halls. Yes. Why on earth would NBC agree to do that? All right, I'll plus minus it. Fair it, it, time, uh, equal time. Or you can do equal time on a different night. Me. What I want is important. What I believe is fair is fair. Again, they have no idea how unlikable they are. And the irony of this is Don Lemon is on CNN. He is, he is arguing about what two other news stations should be allowed to do. He's, 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 he's upset that other news organisations, which are not his, are doing things. They shouldn't be allowed to do it. 
on it. They should have to do it on a different night. What were they thinking? Don Lemon, ladies and gentlemen. You can do equal time at a different time. You don't have to do it at the same time and then uh, and then divide the country further by having them choose the whole point of it. Was <laughs> it's so divisive. To bring them together. It's the only time to he have offered a debate. Us. He said he wouldn't do it any other time. Well, he, so he's controlling the. <laughs> so? Nazi? Bigot? So what? Doesn't matter. You should do it on a different night. I don't care. I don't even care anymore. I don't care. <laughs> Jim Edward in the chat. Choices are discriminatory. <laughs> Said he wouldn't do it any other time. Well, he, so he's controlling the programming schedule at NBC? Something's better than nothing. Uh, so then, the, then they learn nothing from 2016? They're allowing a man who made all the wrong decisions yes. by going, showing up at a debate, not getting a, a COVID test, and then <laughs> becoming a super spreader, a super and then refusing spreader. to do the debate. He became a super spreader. became a super spreader just like that wow bait and they're allowing him they're giving him they're allowing they're rewarding him. him they're rewarding him they're giving him with prime time yes on a major network uh, on cable mm. and on their spanish-speaking network someone who made all the wrong decisions and someone who backed out of a debate how does that help the American people? How does that inform the electorate by putting those two people on at the same time? <laughs> because we're all about informing the electorate. Coming up after the break, why it was a good thing for Twitter and Facebook to ban the circulation of a New York Post story about Hunter Biden. We have no idea of proving if this story is true or not. Therefore, ban it. Because we're all about informing the public. And making people choose from one to the other. And don't give me that BS mm. about, well, you can take one. And, that's not what it's about. This is an outright embarrassing oh. ratings ploy on behalf of NBC. And I am shocked and surprised. Yes, because Don Lemon thinks it's really bad when news, when, when cable networks go after ratings, obviously. <laughs> Which is why his ratings are so bad. You know, here at CNN, we don't care about ratings. <laughs> I don't know if you feel the way that I do, but I feel like we're living in an alternate universe here. That something has happened to the United States of America, and we're all grasping and trying to hold on to our democracy. I see what's going on in Texas. The vote is being repressed. This is evil. This is wrong. The Republicans have to stop. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. Oh, look at me. I'm rambling again. So sour on dot. Ole moon. Oh, thank you for the donation, Sinister Charlie. So sour and tart. Oh, lemon. <laughs> he was lemon. You are the people in history they warned us about! 
Cuba, really? That's terrible. Pay attention! Mm. We're losing our democracy! <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> Wake up! <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get sick of that. <laughs> All right. We're losing our democracy. Uh, let's end on a high note, shall we? I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this. I haven't had a chance to break it down yet. I haven't had a chance to have a look. Nancy Pelosi on with Wolf Blitzer, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what all the fuss is about. Because apparently people were a little upset. A little worried. They were tut-tutting old Nancy here. Because apparently Nancy isn't used to being asked questions anymore. You know, when I was watching this clip, and we'll play it. When I was watching this clip... I was, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was all of the times I have watched Nancy Pelosi accuse other politicians of losing their cool, right? Like, it's got to be dozens of times that I've seen Nancy Pelosi go up with these softball fucking interviews on like CNN and MSNBC and talk about how other politicians are not fit to govern because they lose their cool. I've seen it so many times, I've lost fucking count. Nancy Pelosi accusing other people of being hot-tempered, of not being patient enough, of not being empathetic enough, of losing their cool during interviews, over and over and over again. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw this. As you know, there are Americans uh, who are being evicted from their homes. They can't pay the rent. Many Americans are waiting in food lines for the first time in their lives. Uh, can you look them in the eye, Madam Speaker, and explain why you don't want to accept the president's latest stimulus offer? Well, because, uh, thank you very much, uh, Wolf, and I, I hope you'll ask the same question of the Republicans about why they don't really want to meet the needs of the American people. But let me say to those people, because all of my colleagues, we represent these people. Uh, I have for over 30 years represented... And, and what a fine job you've been doing. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure those San Francisco cafe openers, uh, owners, when they open up their stores this morning with the smell of human feces uh, attaching itself to the coffee roaster, I'm sure, uh, you know, when they're thinking about all of the business they've lost due to the lockdowns, perhaps the hair salon owners... Uh, you know, stepping around the human shit on the sidewalk, uh, stepping around the hypodermic needles. I'm sure that they are going into work thinking what a tremendous bang-up job you've done of representing their interests. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy Pelosi. Thank you so much. My constituents, uh, I know what their needs are. I listen to them, and their needs are not addressed. <laughs> Look, again, carrying on from Wednesday night, right? I'm such a good guy. Listen to me. I love people. I have empathy for people. I care. I represent you. I am such a good person. They have spent decades sniffing their own farts. I mean, and look at the dream team you've got here of Pelosi and Biden. Biden gets asked a question about transgender children and he rambles on about a fucking story about how he had to fill out a form to become a lifeguard at a black pool in the 1970s. What the hell are you talking about, Joe? Oh, because I saw two men in a suit kissing once, so I understand completely what you're going through, right? 
you know, I represent these people. I care. I'm good. I'm a nice guy. Me, 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 me. They are so full of themselves. Entitled, arrogant. It's like a God complex. In the president's proposal. So when you say to me, why don't you accept theirs? Why don't they accept ours? Our legislation is there. Because they're in control of the Senate. (laughs) That's how politics works, sweetheart. Why don't they accept ours? Because they don't have to. Because they don't have to. You see, because when you have the White House and the Senate, you can kind of control which laws get passed. When you don't, you don't. But I don't understand. Why don't they accept ours? Because you don't have the leverage to make them. Pretty fucking straightforward. Pretty basic stuff, Nancy. Leading from behind, right? To do three things primarily. To honour our workers, honour our heroes. Honour our workers and our heroes. What the fuck is she talking about? Care workers, our police and fire first responders. Oh, we love the Nancy Pelosi loves the police now. Isn't that the darndest thing? Teachers, our transportation, sanitation, food workers, the people who make our lives work. Mm. We couldn't be doing what we're doing without them. Many of them have risked their lives uh, so that they had lives. to save lives, and now they will lose their jobs yeah. because but they really, they says, really, let the states excuse, go bankrupt. Excuse me for let interrupting, go bankrupt. Ma- Madam Speaker, hmm? but they really need the money right now, uh, and even members of I understand of your own, that, but, your, if, but even members if you of your me own a question, caucus. <laughs> Oh, Nancy. Nancy. Nancy doesn't like it when somebody presses her, does she? Even members of your own caucus, Madam Speaker, uh, want to... Ex- look, and look at the look at the fake painted on smile constant. She forces herself. This is years and years and years and years of training to force yourself to smile even when you're upset. And look, she's been doing it so long. Look, the smile is permanently there. Because this is how people like Nancy Pelosi portray that they're a nice person. As long as I just keep smiling, even when I'm being a cunt, then people will think that I'm the good guy. So when you say to me, why don't you accept theirs? Why don't they accept ours? Our legislation is there uh, to do three things primarily. Till February 1. But they Mitch really, McConnell they really. Let the states excuse, go bankrupt. Excuse me for let interrupting. Let the states go bankrupt. Ma- Madam Speaker, hmm? but they really need the money hmm? right now. Uh, and even. Hmm. Hmm. You dare interrupt me, Wolf? Even members of, I of your own. I understand that, but your, if. But even members if you of your me own a caucus. Question, even members of your own caucus, Madam Speaker. Uh, want to accept this deal, $1.8 trillion, Congressman Ro Khanna, wait, for example. Wait, wait, but let, me just, wait a second. let me just quote Ro wait Khanna, a second, Wolf. You know well, wait a second. I assume you admire- Wolf, what you're supposed to be doing is let me ramble on without interrupting me. Wolf, the only reason that I'm on this show is because you need to ask me one softball question and then give me the next 10 minutes to castigate everybody. You're not supposed to ask follow-up questions, Wolf. I thought you figured out how to be a journalist by now. I thought you knew how this works, Wolf. How dare how dare you question me? How dare you? <laughs> and Wolf Blitzer's not even that much of a good guy. It's, it's amazing to me. Wait till you hear what he gets accused of. Byram, he's a Democrat. 
And he just said this. He said, people in need can't wait until February. $1.8 trillion is significant and more than twice. Lady of Diamonds, Gypsy with a Diamond. Where did you steal the Diamond Gypsy? Exactly. I'm speaking, Wolf. I'm speaking. The Obama stimulus. Make a deal. Put the ball in McConnell court. So what okay. do you say to Ro Khanna? What do you say to him? What I say to you is, I don't know why you're always an apologist. And many of your colleagues, apologists for the Republican position. That's it. <laughs> that that fucking killed me. <laughs> Wolf, why do you have to be such a goddamn Trump supporter? <laughs> Stop being a Republican shill, Wolf. <laughs> she's fucking in, she's unhinged. I'm rambling again. <laughs> Victor. Victor here. Nancy Pelosi missed her true path in live. Okay, let's see. He's got a, Victor's got another video for us. Let's have a look here. What have you seen? Good morning. Sunday morning. <laughs> what the fuck? Good morning. Sunday morning. Good morning. Good morning. Sunday morning. Of course, referencing that uh, clip where she was broken. <laughs> Started saying good morning halfway through an interview. Rokana, that's nice. Thank you, that Victor, for the donation. That is what we're going to do, and nobody's waiting till February. Uh-huh. I want this very much now. I want it because now. Because people need Don't help now. How. But it's I no want use it now. giving them a false thing. Just because the president wants to put a, a check with his name on it uh, in the mail, uh-huh. that we should not be doing all we can mm. to help people pay the rent, put food on the it's just rambling, isn't it? It's just rambling. Let's carry on here. Let's see. Let's see if the if the fisty cuffs continue. And don't let the perfect, as they say here in Washington, be the enemy of the good. Well, I will not let the wrong be the enemy of the right. What's wrong with one point eight trillion dollars? Well, I, you know what? Do you have any idea what the difference is between the spending that they have in their bill and that we have in our bill? Do you realize that they have come back and said all these things for child tax credits and earned income tax credits for helping people who have lost their jobs are eliminated in their bill? Do you realize they pay no respect to the fact that child care is very important for people whose children cannot go to school because they're doing remote learning and yet they minimize the need for child care, which is the is the tr- threshold. I don't know if you feel the way that I do, but I feel like we're living in an alternate universe here. That something has happened to the United States of America. And we're all grasping and trying to hold on to our democracy. I see what's going on in Texas. The vote is being repressed. This is evil. This is wrong. The Republicans have to stop. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. You are the people in history they warned us about. They warned us about people like you. Did they, did they really? Pay attention. 
election. Oh, okay. We're losing our democracy. Goodness, sounds awful. Wake up! Oh. Wake up! Okay, thank you very much for the uh, pep rally there. That's Which very good information. Mothers and fathers can go to work if they have that. Uh-huh. Do you have any idea of how under, that's precisely uh, why, Madam Speaker, they're that, concerned. That's why it's so, concerned. it's so important right now. Yesterday, I spoke to Andrew Yang. Look at who the says The same thing. It's not everything you yeah, want, but, you know but what? there's you, a lot okay. there. Honest to God, you really—I uh, I can't get over it because Andrew Yang, he's lovely. Rokana, he's lovely. They are not negotiating uh-huh. this situation. Right. They have no idea of the particulars. The they particulars. have no idea of what the language is right. here. I didn't come over here to have you. So you're the apologist for the Obama. Excuse me. God forbid. Madam, Madam Speaker, I'm, God I'm, I'm not an apologist. Obama. I'm asking. She is a fucking mess. She is an unhinged mess. She just confused Obama with Trump again. And she was about to go right off on Wolf. She's like, oh, no, the people, those people, they're lovely people. But you, Wolf, you, you're an apologist for Barack Obama. And then she was screwing up trying to apologize for saying an apologist for Barack Obama instead of Trump. She's fucking off the wag. She is off out, out of her fucking tree. This woman. She's an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Sir, That's why it's so, it's so important right now. Yesterday I spoke to Andrew Yang, who says the same thing. It's not everything you yeah, want, but, you know but what? there's you, a lot okay. there. Honest to God, you really, uh, I can't get over it because Andrew Yang... Because she was, she was in the process of saying, I didn't come here to be questioned. Again, this is the mentality. This is the entitlement that these people are used to. And on Wednesday, we asked the question, why do 42% of people still support Donald Trump? It's because of shit like this. Because the idea of validating this, I imagine, to a whole bunch of people is far, far, is a far worse prospect than voting for the guy that they dislike. Why would you give a thumbs up to this? Why would you endorse this? They think they have a God-given right to be in power. And just a very basic, simple question. The first time that they are, you know, they're questioned, it leads to a fucking meltdown. Imagine for a moment, ladies and gentlemen, if they had to put up with the level of questioning that you receive for your beliefs. Imagine if they had to put up with the level of indignation and hostility that you have to put up with for what you think is right. Imagine if they had to put up with 10% of what you have to put up with. Imagine how they'd react. Because here, it's not even a hostile interview. It's not even a hostile interview. She's getting one question, and this is the result. A rambling, stuttering, dribbling, spitting, angry mess. For everyone to see. To the point where she's accusing Wolf Blitzer on fucking CNN of being a Republican shill. She is a lunatic. Pure and simple. He's lovely. Yo Khan, Ro Khan, he's lovely. They are not negotiating 
this situation. They have no idea of the particulars. They have no idea of what the language is here. I didn't come over here to have you. So you're the apologist. I didn't come over here to have you ask me questions. <laughs> That's what she was about to say. She stopped herself. For the Obama, excuse me, God forbid. Madam Speaker. God forbid. God forbid I almost spoke ill of of President Obama, God forbid. Oh, how awful. Apologist, I'm asking you serious questions because so many people I'm are in desperate you, need we, right now. Let me yeah. ask you this. Okay. When was the last time? Let me, you, let me respond well, to well, you. Let me if ask you, ask you when was the last time, Madam questions. Speaker? <laughs> when was the last time you spoke with the president about this? I don't speak with the president. Speak Why not? <laughs> I don't speak with the president. <laughs> Because I hate him, Wolf. You obviously love him, don't you? Why not, call him? Why not call him and say, Mr. President, let's work out a deal. It's not going to be everything you want, not going to be everything I want, but there are so many Americans right now who are in desperate need. Let's make a deal. What makes me amused, if it weren't so sad, is how you all think that you know more about the suffering of the American people than those of us who are elected by them to represent them at that table. There it is. There it is. Like like we laid out for you, like we've been laying out for you all week. The opinion that these people have of themselves, it's, it's so inflated. Their ego is so propped up. They've been sniffing their own farts for so long. The self-righteousness, the arrogance, the entitlement, exactly. Uh, Sinister Charlie in the chat, exactly. They are better than you. You all think that you know better than us, but we know better than you. I am the exalted one. I am the ruler. I am the super empathetic. I know better than you do. How dare you question me? This is the attitude. How dare you question what I think? How, how dare you? You you know what's amusing? You think that you've got a right to question me? You think you've got a right to ask me things? Fuck you. That's, that's the way they think of you. Self-righteous, entitled, arrogant scum. So convinced of their own moral superiority that it blinds them to the reality of just how unlikable they are. I don't understand why 42% of people still support Donald Trump. Why aren't they voting for me instead? Why don't they love me? I know better. I wear the golden scepter. <laughs> Bingo for a task. Uh, it is unfortunate that we do not have shared values with this White House and that they have in their bill. Why don't you talk about in their bill a tax break for the wealthiest families in the country? Why don't you talk about them, While Wolf? they cut out the earned income tax Why don't you talk about for the them? poorest families in our country and the poorest children in yep. our country. Yeah, you're so goddamn empathetic. Your heart is so big it can barely be contained in your chest cavity. So uh, the last item for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, how would you expect our good friends at The View to cover this? <laughs> you know it's going to be good, don't you? You know it's going to be fun. You know you're going to absolutely love this. <laughs> because 
I imagine, you know, because The View is all about the truth, isn't it? And I imagine on The View they would be talking about, you know, why it was wrong for Nancy Pelosi to lose her cool. She didn't keep her calm under pressure. And what we really want in our leaders is for them to be able to handle the tough questions. That's what we hear every other day. Remember how much they hate politicians who lose their cool and snap at people? You know how much they hate that? They tell you all the time. A leader should not be getting angry at people. A leader should be very patient. A leader should not snap back at people. This is what they tell you. So I assume that they're going to, you know, hit Nancy Pelosi between the eyes for this little performance and say what an awful performance it actually was, right? Uh, just before we get to Whoopi Goldberg, just a quick refresher. Um, if there are any Republicans in the audience, this message is for you. Any minute now, because Twitter video stinks. I don't know if you feel the way that I do. But I feel like we're living in an alternate universe here. That something has happened to the United States of America. And we're all grasping and trying to hold on to our democracy. democracy. I see what's going on in Texas. The vote is being repressed. This is evil. This is wrong. The Republicans have to stop. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans, listen. You are the people in history they warned us about. <laughs> they warned us about people like you. Did they really? Wow. Pay attention. Okay. We're losing our democracy. Wake up. <laughs> Wake up. Okay, thank you very much for the tip. We'll do our best. So let's get back to Whoopi Goldberg here. <laughs> like I said, I expect Whoopi Goldberg to come out all guns blazing here. I expect Whoopi Goldberg to say, not good enough, Nancy. You're supposed to keep your cool. You're not supposed to act like Donald Trump. You're not supposed to lose your cool. Things got heated on the Wolf Blitz, a CNN show last night. Did when they? he asked Speaker Nancy Pelosi why she hasn't accepted, you know who's 1.8 you know trillion. Who. He, his name must not be spoken. That's very mature. We must not mention his name because this is a serious analysis here. Dallas stimulus offer. Uh -huh. uh, take a look. Even the members of your own caucus, Madam Speaker, uh, want to accept this deal, $1.8 trillion. What I say to you is I don't know why you're always an apologist. And many of your colleagues, apologists for the Republican <laughs> position. What's wrong with $1.8 trillion? Well, I, you know what? Do you have any idea what the difference is between mm. the spending that they have in their bill and that we have in our bill? Mm. Is that what this is all about, uh, not allow the president to take credit if there's a deal? With all due respect, and you know we've known each other a long time, you really don't know what you're talking about. These are incredibly <laughs> difficult times right now, uh, and we'll leave it on that note. Thank you. Oh, Nancy, what a fucking train. Thank you so much yeah. for joining no, we'll us. We'll leave it on the boat that you are not right on this, Wolf. Okay, let's let's hear what the panel of experts has to say. I'm sure they're going to be very upset with Nancy Pelosi losing her cool because, as they've told us repeatedly many times in the past, it's not good enough for a leader to lose their cool. A leader is supposed to be patient. A leader is supposed to lead. 
a leader is not supposed to get into petty arguments with the press. This is what they've told us on The View. So let's make sure that they're consistent. Well, so, I, you know, I think, I, I'm just going to tell you, I think she was a little ticked because they spent... A little ticked? <laughs> she was a little ticked? Well, and I assume that she has every right to be. She is a woman, after all. Months trying to get the Republicans to come to the table and talk about Come to the table and talk about this. And now he's asking her why she's dragging her feet. <laughs> and now he's asking why she's, why she's not. I mean, it's just crazy. I mean, she has every right to be angry. She's been trying to protect the American people for months and he's got the audacity to ask her why she hasn't signed her bill. I mean, it's just insane. <laughs> Playing with her hair. Even she, even she feels awkward saying it. And I think, I think he, she just... <laughs> I, 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 this is just, this is, you know. Let's go to Whoopi Goldberg now for a comment on Nancy Pelosi's meltdown on CNN. Well, you know, I, I just think that she's like, she's got a real, uh, a reason to be upset because, you, you, you know, she's, they've been asking a question. I mean, you, you know, huh? I mean, it's just, it's like, it's just, uh, it's like, a, you know, it's like crazy over there. Thank you for that analysis, Whoopi. You know, I think, I'm just going to tell you, I think she was a little ticked because they spent months trying to get the Republicans to come to the table and talk about this. And Did now they? he's asking her why she's dragging her feet. I mean, and I think, just, I think he, <laughs> she just wasn't having it. But when She just wasn't having it. I'm not having it. God bless Nancy Pelosi. God bless her for standing up for what's right. What did you think of the exchange, Joy? <laughs> tell us. Tell us what well, you thought. Well, she's been Joy. trying. She had a deal on the table on May 15th. You know, and we all know yeah. that the reason we're all in this yeah. position is because Trump has completely bungled this pandemic. <laughs> It's shameless. It's shameless. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Joy, 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 Joy. The reason that Nancy Pelosi looked like an unhinged fucking drunken lunatic on CNN accusing Wolf Blitzer of being a Republican shill is because it's Donald Trump's fault? <laughs> they really have no fucking shame. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> one more time before we go. I don't know if you feel the way that I do, but I feel like we're living in an alternate universe here. That something has happened to the United States of America. Mm. And we're all grasping and trying to hold on to our democracy. democracy. I see what's going on in Texas. The vote is being repressed. This is evil. evil. This is wrong. The Republicans have to stop. I'm terrified. Listen to me, Republicans. Listen. You are the people in history. They warned us about. 
attention. We're losing our democracy. Wake up. Wake up. Thank you. How long will you feel the way that I do? On that note, ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) that brings us to the end of tonight's edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Don't forget to follow all of our friends. If you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, then please, by all means, head to patreon.com slash boogiebumper. Become a subscriber by hitting that subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And, of course, if you'd like to wake up, you can do so by following me on Twitter at boogiebumper. Uh, The great JJ Stoner is in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Follow the great JJ Stoner. Sunday night shit show, the big empty, joy of Pessy, minister of fun, Kimmy, everybody's favourite lover of French women, Merce. Shout out to Royce Lopez from Daywave going through some shitty shit right now. Hope that the shitty shit gets a little bit better over the weekend. Uh, Who else we got? Sunday night shit show, Iceman4433, winning TV tomorrow night, Saturday night, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget about winning TV. The great char money will be live at some point as well. So don't forget to follow all of our friends at Real Person PLTCS Pirate Radio later on tonight with uh, Mac Daddy, Big Daddy C. I hope I remembered everybody. Uh, The Iceman, of course. And I'll get in touch with the contest winners about the beach towel very, 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 very soon. So with all that being said, thank you so much for joining us. I'll be back on Monday night with another edition of the Daily Boogie podcast. Until then, stay calm, stay rational. God bless, and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye.